0: It's the real world It's the real word. It's the real world It's the real word. We on a mission and that's bringing y'all the truth
1: The real World season nine, episode 34. Shout out to everybody's been watching, shout out to everybody's been supporting, shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. I'm here with my co host. Introduce yourself,
0: Ben Marshall. you know
1: the name. Aye, aye, and shout out to everybody that follow us on Instagram at The Real world Ministries Inc. That's at The Real world Ministries Inc. on Instagram, also on Facebook.com, backslash The Real world Seven, the number seven, like Mike Vick. Also catches on everywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify. Apple, uh, Pandora, and SoundCloud. We have a special guest in the building with us today. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, Len May,
2: uh, CEO and co-founder of a company called Endocana Health or
1: EndoDNA.com. Okay, Endocana. Okay, okay, okay. And we are blessed and highly favored to have you here. And I see cannabis professional. Is that what it says?
2: Uh, it says making cannabis personal.
1: That's oh, making cannabis actually. personal. Okay, nice. Yeah. And what does that mean, making cannabis personal?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's partially a memoir, partially overview about what our business does. So we have a patented uh, DNA company. Our patents on the use of DNA to make recommendations for people regarding the endocannabinoid system, and then uh, being able to make recommendations for products that are more specific to the individual. So really a personalized way how to consume, you know, phytocannabinoids.
1: And, and what is that? Phytocannabinoids cause I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah. I
2: mean... So a phytocannabinoid is a cannabinoid is a, that comes from the cannabis plant. These are active ingredients that actually bind to receptors that we have in our bodies that are called endogenous endocannabinoids and release Uh, neurochemicals in our bodies. So we have this system called the endocannabinoid system, and it's a primary modulating system. Its role is to modulate all the other systems in our bodies, so our immune system, our digestive system, etc. And the way that it works is it gets signals from these systems, sends it upstream like a up the central nervous system, like salmon upstream, to the central nervous system, to the brain. And then the brain makes a decision which neurochemicals to release. So there's two neurochemicals that our brain releases, that are endogenous, which means we make ourselves our endogenous endocannabinoid system. The first one is called anandamide.
0: So the word, or A-E-A, anandamide is our bliss
2: molecule. So that's the one that is released when we consume THC, Delta-9. That's what makes us feel euphoric. Uh, also, if we're running, it gives us the runner's high, et cetera. And then the second one is called 2-AG, and that's released when we consume CBD cannabidiol. So it binds your CB2 receptor and it releases uh, uh, endogenous 2-AG. So when we get it from the plant, it's exogenous. It's called phyto, phyto for plant cannabinoids. And when we make it ourselves, it's called endocannabinoids. So these are things that we make ourselves, our own chemicals.
1: So basically you're saying that weed is healthy. That's what you're claiming.
2: I, I think that uh, cannabis weed is good in certain amounts for certain people,
1: but
0: mm. it's
2: specific to those individuals. So some people, if you take a little bit too much, it can actually create an adverse effect. So, if you're predisposed to an adverse effect, let's say that somebody has a predisposition to stress reactivity, so anxiety. So, if they consume high amounts of THC, they can actually turn on their predisposition to anxiety and have an anxiety event. Mm-hmm. Story, which is a part of my book. Uh, when I was in class, I would sit and and sort of uh, have all these uh, different thoughts that would pop in my head. And when the teacher calls on me, uh, I was sort of spaced out, thinking about something else. So my parents decided to get me tested, and they said I have attention deficit disorder. So they started putting me on all kinds of medication. Ritalin. And, yeah, I can't I can't say it didn't work, but it made me like, uh, how do I say, it? It, it, it disconnected me from my sense of self. I had no emotional connection, so I would walk around, have a little bit of focus, but that's not really solving the issue with my ADD. So, I was hanging out with some older kids in school, and they said, hey, do you wanna smoke a cigarette? And I was like, man, eh, you know, maybe I'll hang out with these kids, it'll be cool, smoke a cigarette. Uh, then I never. I never questioned why they only have one cigarette, so they pass around the cigarette, it gets to me, I take a drag and uh, inhale it, it tastes different. And I'm like, something is, uh, I take another one, cough a little bit, and they're all laughing at me. I'm like, what's up? They're like, ah, oh, that's weed. I'm like, oh, they put weed in, in the cigarette. But the funny thing, you know, I thought something, but I wasn't sure what being high is like. So I went back to class and all the windows in my head sort of narrowed and I could focus. I'm like, ah oh, shit, you know, this is uh, this is my medicine. So I stopped taking all the prescription meds and I got into cannabis. My parents kept catching me. And eventually in my late teens, they I'm kicking me out of the house. I actually called the cops on me. For getting high? Get yeah, because I was smoking weed. Yeah, because I was consuming cannabis.
1: Wait, so they called the police on you for smoking weed? Yeah. And what did the police say when they came?
2: Uh, you know, they threw out my weed that I had. Uh, and they said, oh, well, will arrest you. I said, all right. <laughs> Listen, I'm old, so this is back in 1992, I want to say. So, you know, it's a few years back. Uh, but, and, and then I'll never forget, there's two female police officers. And this one cop, she goes, if it was my son, I'd kick him to curb. Like, so my dad, after they left, my dad's like, you got five minutes to get your shit. So I packed a suitcase and he literally kicked me out the door. Wow the funny thing is that uh, both my parents consume different formulations that my company manufactures now. Mm. My dad's a huge fan and an advocate for what we do. He's wow. a believer, but you know it took some time.
1: So your dad does weed now.
2: Uh, he consumes cannabis for medicinal purposes. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did smoke a joint with him in Jamaica. When we were hanging out. That wow.
1: Was fun. yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. I guess for you um and you know that's a great bonding experience and that's always a good thing that you can share with your family with your children do you do you have children yeah i have a daughter yeah i'm sure you shared that story with her or no not yet
2: oh yeah no i shared the story with her she knows how about she she goes to uh school up in berkeley i was just dropping her off at the airport <laughs> and uh kind not really her her thing just because
1: mm-hmm.
2: she's listened to me talk to cancer patients and, and sick people for years and years and years, and understands it's a medicine. You have to be you have to use it responsibly. So she's not a big, you know, she'll consume once in a while, but uh, the first ever time she was at my house, she tried uh, with her friends and in a safe space, but it's not really, it's not really something that she actually gravitates towards because I've never made it an issue. Like mm-hmm. she knows that she uses medicine.
1: And I feel like there's always been a big stigma attached to marijuana, especially when it comes to certain cultures, you know, Um, you see more of a liberal gentleman and you're easy to speak about it. And you see smoking marijuana with your father is a huge accomplishment. And also you create a safe space for your daughter to smoke marijuana. But then you also spoke about growing up and how taboo it, it, it is. Most recently, I traveled to Haiti and, you know, the Haitian culture is very strict and they're very a condescending culture but they're hypocrites in a big way and so one of the things they're still strict about is marijuana and you know it's still illegal over there and they're saying that the stigma if you smoke marijuana and hey they look at you as a crackhead they are like oh you a crackhead and then, and they're like oh you you good for nothing and it's like they gotta hide in the spot to smoke marijuana you gotta get it in, secre- in secrecy still to get like mar- marijuana and even like you said, like some parents today, like their, their kid will smoke marijuana and they want to kick the kid out. And now that kid has to deal with even more pressures of the world and even more um, and overcome even even more adversity. You know, and I see these kids. These are the 20 year olds the 19 year olds, the 18 year olds that's in these shelters. And they're like, my parents kicked me out and I had nowhere to go. And now they're dealing with these shelters, which is a gateway to prison, you know. It's like, and then group home and the cycle just keeps going on and on and on. I think that, I think people need to really
2: educate themselves and really understand how our body works and what are the drugs that we put in our body, what they really do. Why are pharmaceutical opioids legal and why is cannabis that comes from plant not legal? You know, you got to follow the money trail. Think about it this way. I used to be the president of what's called the Cannabis Action Network. Mm -hmm. So we fought for legalization of cannabis. And in 1993, I held a rally at Penn's Hall in Philly, in Philadelphia. So my, uh, I'm from Philly, I live in LA now. But uh, so my keynote speaker is this woman. Her name is LV Masika. And LV is one of the first people to get federally prescribed cannabis under NIDA program. So she, and for those of you that don't know, The federal government used to have a program that I think about 16 people would get federally prescribed cannabis that was cultivated in Mississippi, University of Mississippi, rolled into cigarettes, put into a tin jar with a USDA label. Even though the federal government then says cannabis or marijuana is schedule one narcotic has no medicinal purposes. They actually grow it and supply it for people for medicinal purposes and had a patent for neuroprotecting qualities of
0: cannabidiol well, of CBD and cannabis. So wow. that's the
2: hypocrisy of our government. So, so they were making money off? money off of it then. Oh, of course, yeah, that's you got to follow the money trail, man. And that's that's where pharma comes in. If you look at pharmaceuticals, you know, there's only one company that has produced a FDA approved uh drug that's using cannabinoids, it's called Epidiolexins, for specific types of uh, childhood seizures, mm. uh, like uh, Dravet Syndrome. Mm. And there's a company called Jazz Pharmaceuticals who owns that company, who owns that patent. And they were recently, they actually acquired that for $7.3 billion. Mm. So there's huge money to be made in the pharmaceutical space using derivatives of cannabinoids uh,
1: from the plant. Mm. So you bring up um, something interesting, um, using cannabis to treat epilepsy. Um, I have a friend that suffers from seizures, and he drink well, he uses cannabis to treat epilepsy as well. So speak on that, as far as what you know on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the well, so the, the drug called Epidiolex, which is the only one that's approved by the FDA for that childhood epilepsy, uh, that is used to be able to slow down the, so what happens with epilepsy, there's a hiccup in the information that's going from your neurotransmitter to the synapse. So there's a, there's a, uh, there's some sort of. Uh, information gets paused that doesn't go through so you can have a seizure and there's many different reasons why people have seizures. Uh, My friend was recently diagnosed with glioblastoma which is a brain cancer and the reason why he was even knew he had it is because he was out to dinner with his family and happened to have a seizure and then went to get a brain scan and they found a, a mass in his brain. So Cannabis would actually slow down and allow that information to get through one uh, neurotransmitter to the next. That's what uh, it's a neuroprotectant as well. So it helps to take the myelin sheath that's around your neurotransmitter, and as it starts to deteriorate, it actually reinforces that. So information can get through from uh, from neurotransmitter synapse much better. Mm. So cannabis has been used to be able to do that. In addition to that, you know, THC is an analgesic, Uh, CBD is an anti-inflammatory. Some of these seizures are also caused by autoimmune conditions. So if your immune system is overreacting to something, that's an overactive immune response and it can create an inflammatory event. So that can turn on that inflammatory event and some people can have an adverse effect like a seizure from that too. So the idea of uh, of cannabis is to balance your endocannabinoid system that all the other systems. So if you're deficient in what you naturally produce yourself, you can get that from the plant, it'll bind to your receptor and release more of what you're deficient in. So it can be very beneficial uh, for certain people for different conditions.
1: So Lynn, I hear everything that you're saying and you explain it so beautifully and eloquently and in, science, in a, such a scientific manner. but a 13 year old, 14 year old, 15 year old that is smoking marijuana and gets caught by their parents, how are they going to explain that to them? Like, Benry, what you think about that? <laughs> <coughs> and I, I I, don't know if that's,
2: I, I'm not saying it's a good idea or not. Uh, so until your brain is fully developed, cannabis can actually affect the development of your brain. So it does affect memory, it affects certain functions. So I can't really make a recommendation to say, hey, it's okay for everybody, but it's much more beneficial than drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes or, you know, taking other things that are, that are considered uh, drugs as well. So there's a lot of health benefits to cannabis. I would say if you need it and if you have a condition that you need it for, cool. If you're having, you know, if you're recreationally consuming cannabis, hanging out with your friends, I mean, the adverse effects are minimal compared to, you know, other substances. But here, here's the question. Like, think about it this way. If somebody drinks too much tequila, they're out for a night, you know, they're 14, 15, 16, they get a bunch of alcohol, they're hanging out with their friends, they're hungover, you know, they puke and whatever, whatever, the next day, like, oh shit, man, I'm not gonna have any more of that. That's too much. But nobody blames the tequila company and nobody <laughs> says, Oh, you're producing this stuff. Why do we do that with cannabis? If you didn't have a good experience and you had some anxiety, maybe you took too much. So just, you know, limit your dose, and dosing is really important, but don't blame the cannabis. You know, focus on how much you're dosing, the same way you do with alcohol or anything else you consume.
1: Well, I I, I wouldn't say that, because I know cigarette companies got sued, and I know a couple alcohol companies that got sued. I mean, PDA's suing so an alcohol company now, but that's for something else. But yeah, let's hear from you. Like, what do you think, like, from, from a younger person's point of view, like, about, about the culture of cannabis and how it's even seen by older folks. Yeah. Well, um, here's
0: the thing. Uh,
1: wait, wait, not, not you, yeah, man, I'm asking him. I'm asking, uh, I'm asking yeah, him.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> there, there is such a big stigma around that. And that's why a lot of younger folks, they go behind their parents' back and do consume um, cannabis. And like you said, I definitely do touch based on when he said that it's very minimal and they a lot of people do tend to blame cannabis itself than their own experience like people don't go around blaming the alcohol companies if they getting hungover and it's like but also with that too um, you have to be responsible with it as well like cause with man, like with with cannabis, it's, it's, it's considered a gateway mm. because, like you said, our receptors, all that feel good energy that that people feel from from cannabis, some people want more and more, or they want a higher dosage, or they want to feel they will want to feel something stronger, and some people, you know, just even sorry, just even having like. For me, a little bit of cannabis, that that also messes up or they get too paranoid or too anxious. Or, so yeah, everybody got their own experience with it. Yeah, I, I, I would
2: not agree that it's a gateway, but I definitely agree that it's a drug. I think more people try alcohol before they yeah. try cannabis. To me, that's a gateway and nah, it, shouldn't right. be,
1: it shouldn't be a last resort. And it's not for everyone. I do believe it's a drug. Wait, Lynn, why why do you think it's not a gateway drug?
2: Because I believe that most people try alcohol first before they consume cannabis. Because you know, of the things. stigma
1: attached? Okay, you could go to the store and buy beer. You can't go to right. the store, really, and buy weed. weed. Weed was always something bought in secrecy because it's something that's looked down upon as illegal a lot of places. So... You would have to purchase it illegally so that's like yeah you could say okay a lot of people tried alcohol earlier but alcohol was more accessible like mm, it was everywhere now
2: now weed is legal in you know over 30 different states so you can get weed in in california that's a recreational state as long as you're 21, you can go into any dispensary that's in every corner and you can get weed. Anything you want. Okay. But alcohol used to be illegal too, there was prohibition. True. Right? So prohibition was lifted and alcohol became available for everyone in the same way the cannabis should be, uh, prohibition should be lifted.
1: But there's federally. still a stigma, There's still there's still a greater stigma attached to people that smoke weed versus the people that drink alcohol.
2: For sure. And that's because of societal uh, changes. So we have to get through generations of differences from societal changes of those people around the Ronald Reagan generation that had your brain on drugs and there and all those other mm-hmm. things. Cannabis is definitely a drug for sure. hundred percent and should be consumed responsibly, but it's no different. It has medicinal qualities to that. What medicinal qualities are there in alcohol?
1: That I don't it just know. just makes
2: you feel good, right?
1: Well, I know in my culture, whenever we get sick, we drink babuka because it warms our insides, and they mix it in with um, a like couple of the um, 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 leaves and teas and herbs, and they make it into a remedy. So they'll they'll make us drink that. So so we always had that in my culture. I can't speak for other cultures and what they do.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I come from like the Russian culture, I'm Lithuanian, and that's the same thing. Like, alcohol was a big thing that was used in medicine. If you're sick, you put some, uh, you know, some cognac in your tea with some honey and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, it can have some medicinal purposes for that feeling of warmth, but it's not really doing much on the inside of your body. Where cannabis really is, it has a lot of medicinal purposes and it has proven medicinal purposes. You can go to PubMed, which is the database for the uh, uh, the National Institute of Health, and you can put a medicinal cannabis and you're going to have 35,000 studies that have been done. We, we did seven clinical trials for different conditions where cannabis has been beneficial for.
1: So, so if you... So Lynn, you sound like an expert, right? If someone was to ask you, what makes you so such the expert on weed? What would you say? Like, what are some of your credentials on this? Uh,
2: well, I have a master's in medical and medicinal cannabis for the Institute for Advancement of uh, Integrative uh, Medicine. I also
1: have Wait, a certificate. That's a weed school? Uh, no, it's uh, it's a school
2: mm-hmm. for uh, integrative medicine, like functional medicine. Okay, okay, so okay. But then so your focus,
1: in that. but then your focus was marijuana, or uh, cannabis. My
2: focus is the endo, the endocannabinoid system. Okay. So okay. your your internal system uh, that everybody has. Uh, yeah. So that that was my focus. So mm-hmm. I have a master's in that, and and uh, in, also in formulations, I'm a formulator. So we've been formulating for I don't know fifteen years.
1: What's uh, formulating?
2: So we, we create uh, like a compound pharmacy, right, oh. so different medication that's specific for you having your own cannabinoids, which is some of them I just described. Mm-hmm. The other parts of the plants are called uh, terpenes, mm-hmm. so terpenes are essential oils. Every single plant in nature has an essential oil yeah. cannabis. They produce their smell, they mm-hmm. give it smell, and they also have an associated effect. So I'm sure your audience and you have heard of sativa and indica. Yeah. So sativa gives you that up, indica gives you that down, but there's no such thing anymore because we cross-bred the plant so much. So the way that you actually associate the effect has to do with the terpene profiles or the essential oils. Mm. So things like limonene or pinene, etc., they give you that boost up. They boost dopamine, GABA production, and then things like uh, myrcene and uh, Literal, they're more sedative, so they're associated with indicas, and they make you sleepy, they make you drowsy. So uh, I've been I've been doing this for twenty six years. I've uh, worked with thousands and thousands of uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm calling patients. We'll call them consumers, individuals. <laughs> uh as well. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I can't call them, uh, can't call them patients. But uh, I've seen cannabis extremely effective. From many, many, many people for different conditions. It's from, I'm having a hard time sleeping. I can't fall, I can't stay asleep, I grind my teeth, to having a medical condition, like tremors from Parkinson's, cancer, you name it. So I've seen thousands of people.
1: So what was your career focused on then? Because I know, like, marijuana just really became popularized recently. So, what would your regular nine to five be focused on prior to this?
2: Yeah, so uh, I went. I started my. I started my work career uh, in Tower Records in the music industry. So I was. Uh, you may not remember Tower Records used to be a record store, one of the largest ones in the world, if not the largest. Mm-hmm. So I was a music buyer for the store. Uh, then my ex-wife, my my girlfriend, who was now my ex-wife, told me I had to get a real job. So I went to work for a company called Price Waterhouse. Uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers is a big six at the time consulting group. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about you know consulting, working for a lot of large companies. Uh, then wor- went to work for a venture capital company, mm-hmm. uh, funding uh, on you know different companies, and then I was a commercial real estate broker. Wow. So I I was the managing director. If you ever heard of a company called Keller Williams, yeah, I, I was the managing director of KW Commercial, the commercial division mm-hmm. of Keller Williams, and through that I moved to uh, LA from from Philly, and in doing that, we made a
1: lot of out. money in between. Then.
2: <laughs> I, I did all right, but it, you know, money is an interesting thing. Uh, it's When you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're connected to, the money comes and you get to use that money and enjoy it. When you are in it to make money, like I was doing fairly well, like I was probably doing like 400,000 easily a year plus, you know, investing in real estate and all that stuff. So I was doing well, but I was not really happy. So all your money, you're like, it doesn't, it's like, um... When you do a closed deal, it feels really good for that moment. The next day, you feel miserable again, and you're always trying to chase that feeling. So I don't think it was the most, uh, the best way to, I learned a lot in corporate America, but I was able to incorporate all that into my business. And when I got into real estate in, in LA, I got into the dispensary business. Mm. So I partnered with several people. They offered me. I helped them get a, uh, a location. They offered me a partnership. So I was an owner our cookies? operator. Uh, no, it's called, it was called Kush Kingdom. This is back in uh, two thousand ten. Oh, so wow. we were the exclusive home of corrupts Kush and Method Man's Blackout OG. Oh, wow. And we were we were very. Uh, we had five dispensaries under the same brand, and. Uh, you know, it was interesting, but my focus always been the medicinal parts of the plant. So I was trying to figure out why two people can consume the same cannabis and have a completely different experience. Mm. So that sort of launched my passion to finding out what are the genetics, what are the genetics of the plant? And then moving into human genetics. And that's why I launched my company in twenty seventeen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our story is crazy. <laughs> like, what do you think of this <laughs> yeah, man? I think he lived a life. I uh, <laughs> We don't I have enough time for my life
2: story. I, I, have, I have a lot of, <clears throat> I have a lot of stuff that I did in my life.
0: Yeah, he lived a life. Oh uh, man.
1: So, so it sounds like you met a lot of famous people too along the way. True. Like who? Can can you mention any or no?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I can mention, uh, lots of people that, you know, some of them are on my podcast as guests.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the first time I rolled a blunt was, uh, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill mm-hmm. in, uh, Daytona, Florida in 1991, I want to say. So I hung out with Be Real, uh, you know, Snoop, uh, Shavo from, uh, um, what's that, uh, um. Trying to think of. Montel Williams was on my show. Got that oh AM. yeah, he smokes he a lot. was great. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, there's so many people. I, if if you if you're a hip hop fan and you know who Slick Rick is, yeah, I that's Slick Rick Slick Rick got out of jail, and we were he was performing with a group called the Goats,
0: which mm.
2: probably nobody knows uh, who they are. But he came up on stage and said, like, "I just got out of jail. Anybody have a joint?" I'm like, "I as a matter of fact." I do, so I got to smoke with uh, Slick Rick. But Starrows yeah, I, to split I met one, a
1: man. lot of people along the way. And you want to hear something funny? Flavor Flav, Flav was at his graduation. Oh, yeah, Flav, Flav, <laughs> I just
2: saw Flavor Flav. I just went to the Hip Hop 50th anniversary uh, show that that was filmed in LA. It'll be on CBS, and uh, but I got to see Flavor Flav. He got a standing ovation from everybody there. He's uh,
1: the best. Yeah, man show up. Man, so we got to fly out to L.A. and link up then because you sound like you the plug, a, man. A
2: Shavo, Shavo, System of Down. I don't know why I, I blanked for a second. Nice, He's the nice. bass player for System of Down. So, like, Ozzy Osbourne, I mean, a lot of different people. Uh, music, uh, and and uh, other celebrities. But, you know, I, I'm
1: not, I don't really, I don't really remember, like, I don't I don't know all these different celebrities. Because you smoke too much. To <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and, and, like, uh, I, it was funny. I went to see So I have a friend of mine who's in the movie business and he got invited to uh, CAA. CAA is the largest agency uh, for actors and they have their own movie theater inside. Mm -hmm. So I got invited to see a showing of this movie called The Iceman, Mm -hmm. great movie. And I'm standing there and like uh, Mark Wahlberg walks in and Mel Gibson, all these other actors. And I'm just standing there, I don't know, I'm not saying anything. So people are walking around, everybody's in the industry. And like what do you do? And it's gonna be like I don't wanna have a long explanation, so I'm like, I'm in the weed business. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now I have a bunch of people that are around me that are asking me questions because it's so different than what they're used to. I'm not talking about, you know, movies and shows, I'm talking about weed
1: and so so you a plug consume. That's
2: right.
1: Yeah, you're the plug, you man. So how long you been for the plug for? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do that anymore. But, you know,
2: I've been, I, I used to, you know, it's, it's, it's in the book uh, there's been times where, uh, you know, you walked around with 10 uh, pounds in a backpack. Uh, you know, some, some people there's gunshots in the back. I, I had some interesting experiences. This is the funny thing about it because it's a, it's a plant. It grows anywhere. So it's literally a weed. Mm. And because, of the legalities around this, for many different reasons, which we can go into at some point. But you, you created this commodity mm-hmm. that is of value that people would shoot somebody for, that would rob somebody for. For what? You can mm-hmm. grow it yourself. You can get in your closet, put a light in, and do that. It's really unnecessary. And you know, there is always you got to follow the money. Why it was this made illegal? What's the reason for it? Same way as uh, alcohol. Why is cocaine not a Schedule One substance? Why is all of a sudden that has medicinal purposes? Mm -hmm. Well, because pharma learned how to
0: isolate that one molecule Mm -hmm. and make it, uh, you know, lidocaine and
2: all these different, uh, you know, medicines from that. But it still comes from the plant. Oh, it's all from cocaine. Same thing.
1: What's that? It's all from cocaine. Yeah, it's all from cocaine. Yeah. You know how Mm -hmm. cocaine works? Mm -hmm. It numbs the pain. It numbs you.
2: Yeah, but it actually works this way Mm -hmm. and why it's addictive. So when you consume cocaine, it binds to your dopamine receptor, Mm -hmm. squirts about a hundred times more dopamine than you normally produce Mm -hmm. and blocks the reuptake of the dopamine. So you have all this dopamine and then once it leaves, your brain's like, wait a second, I like that and I don't have to make dopamine. So I'm going to send a signal, give me more of whatever that is so I can produce more dopamine by myself mm. and that's why cocaine is addictive it's not the cocaine itself it is not the uh, cocoa plant it is the dopamine that's the most addictive substance in our bodies that neurochemical chemical is
1: very addictive mm. and people want more of that once they consume it that dope that's why i call it that dope <laughs> <laughs> so what's your thoughts benny what you think about this
0: man i think um definitely that you definitely um are tapped into a whole different field, like the extensive research about cannabis that people do need to be enlightened about, because a lot of people think about the negative. And I'm not going to lie, um, cannabis being a uh, used for medicinal purposes have definitely opened the door for cannabis for cannabis use, and I think. Cannabis has been used for medics, for medicinal purposes and they they probably just were not even trying to let the public know. And um I don't think yeah, like you said, and I don't think it should be a stigma, a big stigma, have such a negative thought around it because if if we're gonna be technical, everything is bad for us. We <laughs> we're all gonna die one day, like. <laughs> but yeah, people just gotta be more responsible being around it. But you definitely lived the life. You definitely lived the life. And what's more, your uh, what's what's more your company about? What's what's the product you you guys sell products in your company?
2: Yeah, so the, my company is Endo dot com. So Endo DNA is a patent DNA test. So you can have
0: DNA uh, test.
2: Yes, yeah, so it's so you th- take th- a so DNA
0: th- test to see how much. Cannabis you're compatible with?
2: Yeah, so it works this way. It's like a 23B or an ancestry.com. It's very similar. Uh, You would swab the inside of your cheek, you register because we're HIPAA and GDPR compliant, you would send your sample to the lab two to four weeks to get you results, and I'll tell you what, what you get in your results. And then, if you've already taken another DNA test like ancestry.com or 23andme.com, you can just take your results, upload it, and we'll translate it and give you a report. So we look at all the different genetic biomarkers that are associated with your endocannabinoid system. So things like cognitive function, sleep, mood, uh, pain and nausea, predispositions, uh, like cognitive, like I said, cognitive function, uh, even, even metabolic function. Then we look at deficiencies potentially in vitamins and nutrients, like if you have low iron level, uh, low vitamin D level. And then we look at all your genetic predispositions and we give you suggestions on how to mitigate those. So think about it as your personalized life GPS. It shows you all your genetic markers that you may be predisposed to and how to turn some of them on or how to avoid turning others on so they can uh, have an adverse possible adverse effect. So when you report, you look at which cannabinoid and terpene profile is more aligned with you. You can look at your deficiencies in your vitamins and nutrients and make recommendations for those. You can also look at dosing based on how you metabolize to look at metabolic function. And very, very important is drug to drug interaction. So if you're taking prescription medication, how consuming cannabis or or even other substances, how can they interact together and possibly have an adverse effect? And then we make a recommendation or suggestion for specific products. And the way that works is we take test results from products like your cannabis products or even vitamins and nutrients, and we can make a recommendation how closely that product matches your suggested ratio. So maybe there's a product that's an 80% match, maybe there's a 100% match, and you can go to the store and buy that product, and then we have a feedback loop on people reporting back, how those products are working for people, and then we use machine learning to learn and make better recommendations for people to use it.
1: So what you do with all this data? Like, do you save it?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, we absolutely save all the data.
1: And who do you sell it to?
2: We don't sell any data, and the data is de-identified. So when you register, it doesn't have your name on it. As soon as you register, you you have an identifier this number, which is HIPAA and GDPR compliant. So we're not looking for your personal data. The data that we're looking for is a thousand people, like Len, that have taken this formulation and it showed that it's efficacious. So now the thousand and first person, the AI can come back and say, you know what? There's a thousand people like you that get genetic predispositions that have taken this protocol and showed that it was efficacious, that it will really work well. So now this is the protocol that we're recommending for you. So that's our data. Our data is on efficacy, how well certain products work for people who are similar. I'll give you guys an example. So my friend and I, uh, we were getting, like a year ago or so, we were getting ski pants. So we were gonna go skiing, a big bear. And uh, I don't, I haven't skied in a while, so uh, I was getting uh, ski pants on Amazon. So I am 5'8", about 175 pounds. My friend's about six, maybe 6'1", and he's skinny but tall and skinny. I don't know how much he weighs, but we're both medium. So when I got my pants, my pants were long. They fit me in the waist, but they were long. His pants were short. So we're buying both by medium and I can't go by reviews. The reviews say it worked, but it can't. So you don't have a personalized experience with buying your clothes. You don't have a personalized experience with buying your food. You have a personalized experience with buying your medicine or obtaining your medicine. So this way, we believe that everything is personalized. Even your nutrition that you put into your body should be personalized to you based on your gut microbiome, based on your genetics. And that's where we get the feedback loop that comes back. Not only are we getting patient reported outcome, but we also have feedback coming from wearable devices. So if you have a wearable device like your o Ring or your Fitbit. That information goes into the cloud, and we can see you know what? This protocol has helped with resting heart rate, it helped with heart rate variability. So, there is some efficacy that we can show that these protocols work for people that are similar to you.
1: Mm. What do you think about that? Um, I think that's
0: important information.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think Definitely the not. average person that's sitting in their house getting hired, trying to get hired, they're not thinking about all of this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not thinking about all of this. they just trying to get so alleviated. They're just trying to release some stress. You seem like you have a very
1: niche market. Like, So what type of clientele do you get? Or what type of clients do you get? Like, I'm, I'm sure this, this service is not cheap. Like how much is it? Uh,
2: the kit the kit itself uh, it retails for hundred and ninety nine dollars mm-hmm. and the upload of your data is forty nine ninety five. So it's not uh, it's not you know expensive.
1: A two hundred and fifty dollar investment to no
2: No, it's uh, it's hundred ninety nine or forty nine ninety five. So if you already have your, your DNA from another company, you don't have to you don't have to swab. So if you did your Ancestry.com, have you ever done like a DNA test? But if you me or no,
1: the only DNA test we do is you are not the father. You are the father. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, if I didn't yeah, do it, ancestry, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a Jerry, it's a Jerry Springer test, man.
1: No, 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 that's and that's actually more Yeah, But yeah, more it <laughs> Say for example, like I I've never gotten that before. Then now I have to pay two fifty. Like that's a one ninety nine, not $1.99. One one ninety nine for a kit, right? And then I gotta pay another forty nine nine nine. No, now, I don't.
2: It's all included
1: now. Okay, okay, Just okay. Just one ninety nine. Okay, the one ninety nine. Yeah. So, so who's
2: our who's our clientele? Uh, it's probably not the stoner uh, kid who's doing uh, dab hits at home, mm-hmm. but most of the our clientele is uh, forty plus, uh, a little bit more female than male, I would say 55, 45, uh, skewed female. And people buy our tests usually because the following symptomatic conditions. So number one is pain or discomfort, they have some pain. Number two, uh, sleep, they have some issues. And number three, they have some anxiety or depressive uh, states and they want to figure out what type of cannabis is right for them. And uh, they want to avoid possible adverse effects. They don't want to get too high. They don't want to have, uh, you know, anxiety or, or, you know, psychosis, etc. So that's usually who our uh, customers are. Now, I, I went to an event and there was a bunch of uh, young people there. that were, you know, blondes and doing all that stuff. And they the same thing. They're like, ah, you know, who, I, I can smoke all day. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And uh, then the one guy says, Except when I do edibles. I'm like, Oh, really? What happens? He goes, I have a complete different experience. I can't do edibles. I'm like, okay. I said, Do you want to know why? He's like, yeah. So I started having this conversation. And now I had all these people around me trying to figure out why, when they smoke, they feel different than when they do an edible. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, when you eat, cannabis THC converts in your liver, system called 11, it's it's called 11 oxyhydroxide. So it's five to 50 times more powerful than Mm. when you smoke it. Also if you're a poor metabolizer, the onset will be slower, Mm. it'll be much longer and can be a lot more powerful. So just understanding method of consumption, how you should consume that's focused on your personalized needs, that can change the whole experience as well.
0: What's your thing about that? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely consuming edibles as an opposition to actually um, smoking it. They really do be in your system longer, and people do have a different effect of that as well, too. But, like you said, I think it is more potent if you do eat it, Correct.
2: For some people, like
0: uh, some people are are
2: ultra-rapid metabolizers. So what happens is when they consume it uh, as an oral edible, they'll metabolize it really, really fast. Uh, I'll use myself as an example. So I am an ultra-rapid metabolizer of CBD. I'm a normal metabolizer of THC. My business partner is a much larger man than me. He's a poor metabolizer. So I can take one dropper full of CBD and it's not going to do much for me i'm just making really expensive urine. i metabolize it and I'm peed out so i need to take two to three times the amount for it to have any efficacy as far as thc goes i know what my limit is if i'm consuming it orally if i'm eating it i know that you know up to 25 milligrams i'm good and when i get over 25 it creates uh, a sense of discomfort for me it's not
1: comfortable constipation this is partner what's that constipation
0: uh well what i get it's weird i i have
2: a a marker for depressive feelings so i start feeling down it's not i don't get i don't get anxiety i get the opposite i start feeling down it's not it's not a very pleasant feeling go deep in my head and you know it's not it's not something that i want to use cannabis for unless i'm prepared for that journey
1: do you get like negative Uh, thoughts or suicidal thoughts
2: not suicidal thoughts, no, but I, get, I definitely get negative thoughts, get depressive uh, thoughts. So I have a marker for that, uh, for, for depressive states, depressive mm-hmm. feelings. So, but what happens to some people who are prone more likely than not, uh, they are prone to anxiety, stress reactivity. Mm-hmm. So my business partner gets extreme anxiety. And uh, so THC is a vasodilator, it dilates your blood vessels, your heart pumps faster. That's normal for all of us. So if we can smoke a joint together, our hearts will pump faster, we'll feel uh, a lot more of that uh, palpitation. The second part of that is stress reactivity. So, so for some people, it can actually trigger that sense of anxiety. And if you have a predisposition of PTSD, now it'll bring up a memory, oh shit, this happened to me last month. So it'll start replaying that memory over and over and over, creates more anxiety. And some people have uh, trauma, they've had in a life that's stored in their subconscious. And under a lot of stress, it can pull up a traumatic event and bring that up to the surface also. Mm. So people can have a very stressful experience. Even, I know some people who are hospitalized for psychosis, we using cannabis. So it's not, you know, for everybody. You gotta make sure that you know exactly how much you're consuming. But my company, the endocannabinoid system is just one test. Uh, we have a, a whole genome test where we look at everything that is specific to your genetics and then when we can make recommendations based on your uh, male health, hormone optimization, uh, nutrition, like I said, nutrients, vitamin deficiencies, mental health, all those things. And there's other products that are available more for the individual. We don't have to sell you the product. You can actually find out what you think is better for you based on your genetics and then go to the store or go to the doctor and get it.
1: What'd you think about
0: that service for $200? Mm, 200 dollars I mean, it is kind of steep for a regular civilian well, let, me, let me ask
2: you a question uh, about <laughs> price so generally in cannabis uh, i don't you know it doesn't matter to me if somebody uh, buys it or not i we're, we're just we're just trying to create an experience for everybody that is more personalized. But what happens to people is you go into a dispensary and you buy several products. Mm-hmm. So you spend you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars just buying products and work you're buying products that may not only not be effective for you, but also may actually activate an adverse effect. So it may make you feel worse. So you just spend all this money buying products that may not be effective for you. And you don't know why certain products worked why they didn't so if you invest in a genetic test whether it's our test or anybody else's at least you will know what is my secret sauce and now going forward when going into the dispensary you can feel comfortable knowing that these are the products that align better with me and that's why you're investing in a test to be able to tell you that mm. so let
1: me ask you a question right You wrote this whole book on cannabis and you built this career around cannabis too. Mm -hmm. For you to feel that you have reached the pinnacle of this cannabis career, what would be the pinnacle of that? Like what would be your work's achievement? Uh,
2: My next iteration is whole genome. So it's it's precision medicine Mm -hmm. and precision wellness. So that's what my life's goal is, is to make sure that everybody... Look, I'll, I'll, give, I'll tell you guys a little story. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, my grandfather had a stroke. And then my grandfather proceeded to have multiple strokes. So every week or every couple of weeks, my mom and my grandma would sit at a the table. They'd pull out bags of pills, and they would have conversation with doctors. They have to adjust this medication, and to change this medication the medications interaction between them were creating these adverse effects and having them stroke out as well. Mm. So for me, I I was always under the impression that medicine or anything you should be take putting your body should be personalized to me. I should know what my gut microbiome is, what food is right for me, what food is inflammatory to me. Why should certain medications, what are I should be consuming that's personalized to me versus you. That's different because we're all individuals. So the idea for me is to have precision wellness that I can take a test and I can actually take a biological age test and then know I'm 52, I'm biologically 47. My goal is to reduce my biological age to 40. And what I want to do is this is my personalized protocol. This is the food I put in my body. These are the supplements I put in my body. These are the phytocannabins that are specific to me. And now I can measure that my biological age has reduced so internally, I'm becoming more healthy. And the best way to do that is to create personalized protocols. This is right for me. It's enough of these doctors telling us to take two of these. Well, why should I take two of these? Why should I take four? Or well, why should you not take one? Because we're all individuals and we should be treated as individuals. That's really my passion in life.
1: Mm. That's deep, man. And I, and I like the fact that you actually went after your dreams, you know, regardless of how other people around you felt. And you made it come true, and you made a living out of it. You was able to create this legacy. It's a work in progress, man. You it's took cannabis working. personal. That's right. <laughs> 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 nah, I can't say I've met someone that knows this much about cannabis.
0: What you think, baby? You know? Yeah, yeah dude, you definitely enlightened me tonight. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, definitely gonna put um, a whole different perspective on cannabis. And cannabis use as well. Like I now see it as a go-to personal wellness mm-hmm. instead of just. Yeah.
1: You should send us a care package, man, with the book and everything. Let's send one over, Let's
2: do it. and, and we're gonna help you. I can give you. guess I. I'm happy to offer you a uh, DNA test. I'm happy to review your results if you want to do it, and I'm happy to give your audience a discount code, uh, if if you would like. It's, Len25 go to endodna.com 25% off it'll be your Cyber Monday sale
1: that'll be great promo for you Len <laughs> that's how we roll <laughs> yeah man. nah boy for real I ain't go back to Cali in a while um, first time I ever went to Cali I went to LA um, I, I spent the week out there but I've been meaning to go back for a while you you stay out in LA or are you in the Bay Area nah I'm in LA ok cool 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 Yeah, when I went to LA, I went to Venice Beach, I went to Manhattan Beach, I went to El Segundo, I went to, what's that place called, Bowen Hills or Baldwin Hills? I went to, I went to the Hidden Hills, I went to Bel Air, I went to Beverly Hills, I went to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, went a couple places, it was cool. I went on one of those Hollywood tours when they got the buses with the top cut off, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you drive for a few hours. You, did the, you did the whole
2: Hollywood experience, man.
1: Yeah, man. It was cool. It was dope, man. You know, like, I got to go visit. back to Cali. I'll visit. Yeah, man. Have you ever been to New York? Yeah, of course. I'm from Philly. Oh,
2: okay. seriously? I used to go to New York. I used to go to New York every weekend, man. I used to go the clubs there. My, my family all lives in New York, except for my parents. They're from Brooklyn. Mm. My grandma lived in Third and Brighton Beach. Wait,
1: your parents from Brooklyn?
2: <laughs> we well, in Brooklyn. No, my parents live in Philly, but uh, okay, yeah, man. Flatbush Avenue.
1: You. Oh wow! <laughs> <Flatbush>. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's facts. Yeah, man. I'm,
2: I'm an East. I'm an East Coaster from Philly that lives in L.A. So wow,
1: uh,
0: New
2: York, man! Every weekend, I would be in the clubs since I was 17 years old. Uh, the Tunnel, the Underground, Twilo, Sound Factory. It was all my clubs back in the day
1: so you know about the wawas then out in philly
2: (laughs) i miss the wawa coffee man yeah it's the best coffee in the world
1: the wawas man yeah man it's been an experience chatting up with you so to close out what would be your closing thought to give to the people watching today
2: i mean i just i just always say question you know covid taught us a lot of different things question have a collaborative experience with your healthcare professional. Mm. Make it an experience where you both address everything that you want to do together and think about preventative medicine. Don't think about reactionary things. Oh, something hurts, so I have to have the pillar shot for this. Mm. Think about what is causing that pain to begin with and maybe start creating some protocols that are more specific for you to prevent some of these things from expressing themselves.
1: Oh, that's my closing thoughts. That's deep, that's deep. Cause it's almost like it's almost like an obese person that gets a headache, and they're like, "Oh, I'm always getting headaches." And they take a pill for the headache. They don't know they might have diabetes or high blood pressure. You should work out so you don't get headaches. Exactly. Mhm.
0: Right on. <laughs> Closing thoughts, Ben? Yeah, um, Glenn. I want to say definitely an experience meeting you. Definitely experience talking to you. I hope we connect and you know just keep expanding and definitely um maybe who knows maybe maybe we'll try dna test (laughs) see how that goes learn more about my endo can boy (laughs) it'll be a trip it'll
2: be a trip i can't wait for you guys to try it and i'll go over your results with you i think it'll be illuminating
1: yeah i bet um i would like to say thank you once again um len for coming on the show of course and Blessing us with that. Like I remember we was looking over your bio and it was like, this should be interesting. Um, to share something with you, um, I'm Haitian of Haitian descent. My grandfather was a farmer growing up. My my mother showed us how to um, grow. Like we would grow things from cantaloupe to corn to beans, you know, string beans, black eyed peas, stuff like that. And I continued with the green thumb and the plants that I grow. I have everything from avocado plants to palms. Um, but... I was finally successful in growing cannabis to the to the point I was able to harvest it too um and it and it was an interesting experience and like you said, like the dew that it gives off of um that gives that aroma and the thickness and even the uh, that gooey feeling you feel in between your fingers even when after it rains and you go to the yard and you smell how it smells and the fragrance and and even the different colors that comes like I was able to get purple and orange and flowers from the different strands that I had and and it was an interesting experience you know just to give birth and to create something from the seed um so that was an interesting experience for me and even the feelings from that you know (laughs) so that was that was something that that I got out of my cultivation and it's another skill to add to everything else that I've done so far in this life so you know I would say thank you for coming on like you lived an experienced life, like a, a very interesting life. And thank you for sharing it with us. And hope we could do business together, of course, sometime in the future. I think that would be great. Um, so, to close out, we generally close out with a prayer. I don't know if you were praying, man, Lynn. Are you? Let's pray. Okay, yeah, so sure. go ahead.
2: Oh, I, don't, I thought you were praying. I don't
1: know. <laughs> It's the real word ministries, <laughs> I'm man. I was going to follow you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this opportunity for us to come together as one. Um, we ask that you all continue to bless the things that we do, continue to bless our missions, continue to bless us with purpose, continue to bless our business that we are doing, um, the lives that we are touching, and the education that we are spreading. I ask that you continue to bless this ministry, continue to bless my brothers that are here with me today. In the name of Yahshua Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we thank you all for joining us. Good night, and God bless y'all. Take care.
0: It's the real world.
2: world.